So this week, we've got a little bit different episode because I wanted to talk with my guest about how he's connecting with his audience because it's a little bit different than the standard marketing tactics. And I thought you might enjoy hearing a slightly different take on how to reach your audience. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Course Creators HQ Podcast, helping you navigate the latest techniques for creating and marketing online courses. And now, here is your host, Julie Hood. Hey, hey, so glad y'all could be here today. And before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to tell you that I have a three-day intensive coming up. November 4th, 5th, and 6th, we're going to do the 24-hour course creator in a weekend, a long weekend, so you'd have to take Friday off if you're working, but let's get you all set for 2023 and get that online course content created. So I will put the link in the show notes, but definitely mark your calendar so you can sign up November 4th, 5th, and 6th for the three-day, 24-hour course creator intensive, where we're gonna have a three-day creation session so you can have your online course together. And today's guest is Neil Thompson of Teach the Geek, and we had such a fun conversation about reaching his market and how it's different from normal marketing. So I thought you might enjoy hearing some of the strategies that he's used. So let's jump in. All right, gang, I am so excited. We have Neil Thompson here from Teach the Geek, and we've been having so many fun conversations separately about his audience and who he's talking to, and I thought, you know what? I think this would make for a really fun conversation to have on the podcast. So Neil graciously offered to come and join me when I asked him. So Neil, can you start by telling everybody um, what it is you're selling and who your target market is. I'm, I'm excited to share this and kind of how things are a little different for, for who you're working with. Sure. Well, it's all started off with me being an engineer and, and working in medical devices and having to give presentations in front of senior management and not being all that great at it. But once I did get much better at, at giving these presentations, I basically took everything that I learned in becoming more effective as a public speaker, as a communicator, and I turned it into an online course geared towards people like myself, engineers, scientists, people in the technical fields, and I called it Teach the Geek to Speak. And I started it about four years ago, and earlier this year, I developed a membership because I thought that a one-off course wasn't enough. I wanted to offer more ongoing support. So in addition to the course, with the membership, you get an online community, and then you also get monthly calls. And I sell the, the membership to engineering associations. When I first started Teach the Geek and Teach the Geek to Speak, I was selling to people. And that was actually rather difficult. I actually hired somebody to help me in developing a strategy on, on how I could go about you know, marketing the product and, and selling it. And a lot of the, the ideas that that person gave me didn't really pan out all that well. But so I had to basically go back to the drawing board and, and figure out for myself, well, the people that I want to, to buy this membership, where are they? Well, they're members of associations. And so I thought, why don't, why don't you target the associations? And basically how it works is 
The association brings the people. I bring the content and we share the revenue. Oh, I love that. I love that. So let me dig in a little bit, a little bit further. So you find associations. Tell us like what kind of associations are you talking about? And then also, how did you find them? Well, mostly it's engineering associations. There's a number of them, just depending on the the engineering discipline, either civil, mechanical, chemical, they all have their various associations. And I just reach out to them and, and see if they'd be interested in partnering. And so far, I've gotten one taker, Society of Plastics Engineers. So we have a, a, the membership, or I guess the Teach the Geek SPE member partnership that I've been doing with them. So it's, it's been working out so well. And how I find them is actually just it's from my general knowledge, but then the, for the ones that I didn't know before, I didn't know the Society of, for, for Plastics Engineers before, I actually used the VA. So there's a VA that I have, and I just asked them to do a search for all the various engineering associations in the U.S. and Canada, and he sent me a list, and then I just started going down the list and approaching them. Oh, I love that. And I, I'm always intrigued when different industries have different ways of selling connecting with their students so i have to ask <laughs> what did you try before that wasn't working real well facebook facebook was horrible julie yeah i'm not ads or or general facebook facebook ads and i even did a webinar on facebook live so the person that i had hired to help me in in promoting the course that was their idea to this day, I have no clue where the people who attended that webinar came from. But I remember going through the entire thing, and that by the time I got to the offer, apparently everyone dropped off. At least that's what I was told. And I couldn't even be all that surprised because I've attended a handful of webinars myself, and every time we got to the offer, I would drop off. So now I'm expecting a different result than, when, than what I was willing to give myself. Gotcha. Yeah, well, and... That's interesting. Let's let's um, talk about that a little bit because I do think sometimes course creators think that everyone's going to buy the way they do, and because I know I kind of have a different style of purchasing. And so let's talk first. How do you like to buy things, and then we can dig into that. I hope that the people who would consider buying the membership don't buy things the way I buy things. <laughs> because if that's the case, then I'm going to be quite broke. So how I typically buy things is I don't typically buy things until I actually believe that I need it. So in the event that someone was to approach me with whatever product or service they have, if I didn't think beforehand that I needed that product or service, I'm likely not going to buy. So I, even with this person that eventually helped me, it was me deciding I don't know a whole lot about marketing and sales. I need to find somebody. And I, I actually found this person through a YouTuber. So it was a YouTuber who I used to listen to quite a bit. And this person worked with that YouTuber. And that's the reason that I that I decided to work with them. So I, I basically contacted them and asked them to work with me. But if it was if it was the if it was the case that the you that this person contacted me before I had made a decision to hire out to hire somebody, the answer likely would have been no. Okay. So that's interesting and good to notice about your audience is they don't respond necessarily as well to to your reaching out like it kind of has to come from an internal noticing or deciding would you agree is that right I, 
Well, I hope that's not the case. <laughs> that's the case for me. But you mentioned you you mentioned that just because I buy a certain way, hopefully, you know, the people other people don't buy that way, and I'm hoping that's the case here. <laughs> so, and and I forgot to ask. So, when you're connecting with the associations, um, I, I love that because they are adding that credibility and that authority when they promote you. But are you doing a webinar with them or are they just sending it out by email? Like, how are they promoting you? So they actually are doing a webinar. So the one that I'm currently working with, Society for Plastics Engineers, we had a webinar and then they offered a special deal for the people who wanted to be a members of the membership. For, I think it was a week after the, the webinar, you get the special price after which it goes up to the regular price. And that seemed to work out pretty well. Cool. Okay. I like it. Well, and I will say, um, I, I kind of had to get past this a little bit with myself because when I buy something, I can usually decide pretty quickly, like, am I interested or not? It doesn't take, I don't need a 45 minute webinar to know if I'm kind of interested, but then the very next question I have is what's the price. And the other day I was with someone that would not tell me the price before I went through their big, long process. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're out. Like <laughs> I'm already at that point where I'm asking what the price is. If you don't want to give it to me, I don't think we're the right fit. So um, how would you say if, if somebody's specifically working with a more technical audience, how would you say that they kind of approach say looking for things in sales or do you, do you have any suggestions there? Yeah, they definitely want to know the price. And you know what's, what's it turns out is I'm not unlike these people, really. And it's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things that they do that that I tend to do, too. And sometimes I think about it and think, well, why would I think it'd be otherwise? I'm, I'm selling to the group that I come from. So they definitely want to know the, the price, too. And I, if I were them, I'd want to know it as well, which is why I have it on the website. I actually did some research on that. And there seems to be quite a bit of debate as to whether you put pricing on a website. And the people who say you do, you do it because you want to eliminate price objections. So in the event that they you, they contact you, that shouldn't be something that they're concerned with because they had every opportunity to know what the price was beforehand. But from the people that say you leave it off, it's because you may be selling something that is perhaps more bespoke, a little more customized, and the price might vary based on the needs of the potential person that you may want to work for. And you want to get them on a call to really tell them more about what the value is and the transformation that they're going to get and all that other stuff. And then you finally get to the price. Essentially, you want to get them so that they really want to buy. So by the time you tell them the price, whatever the price is, they're willing to pay it. But I'm I don't I don't operate at least myself I don't operate that way I want to know what the price is once I know what the price is I, I look into look I basically determine whether this is a price that's within my budget to pay and if so then we work together right exactly I can tell we're kind of on the same page there and if you have for the listeners who have kind of pricing that varies one suggestion I would have would be to say prices start at. So at least you have an initial price point so that it will actually save you, I think, some headaches because if if folks know that they can't even consider it, they won't even jump in to, to like talk to you more or schedule that one-on-one -on -one call or any of that. And, and then you can kind of give them the official price when you get to talk to them. But that's one of the techniques I've used too when, because sometimes the pricing isn't 
uh, exactly black and white. You do have to have something in there. So I like that, like given a range or giving the starting at price. But for you, I know your your membership and your set, like you have a pretty much of a fixed price. So I like that <laughs> for, for the audience that you're working with. Um, and since you help people with speaking, maybe you could give us a few of the big things that you see people doing that can um, either hurt their speaking or, or make their speaking any, any better. Do you have a couple of those that you can um, share with us? Sure. Number one is knowing your audience. When I first started giving presentations, especially when I was giving them in front of senior management, these were project progress updates. I would slap slides together, get up there, read the slides and try to get out of there as quickly as possible. But I never got out of there as quickly as possible because I'd often get questions that I thought I'd answer during the presentation, but because I didn't put it in such a way that the people in the audience can understand, now I'm getting these questions. I was already sweating before I started the presentation. Now I'm really sweating <laughs> getting yeah. these, these questions from the CEO and, and the CMO and C fill in the blank O. So I, was, I would highly suggest that people really know the, the, the needs and wants and basically where the people that they're speaking to are at. So I came from technical uh, technical background. I worked as an engineer. Maybe you try to minimize the technical jargon that you would use among your colleagues and use more commonly used words for a non-technical audience. That's, that's one tip. When it comes also to putting presentations together, I all, I'm a big fan of starting with the end in mind. So essentially develop what, what, what is your call to action? What do you want the people in the audience to do? Or what action do you want them to take at the end of the presentation? Figure out what that is and then determine what the points are going to be that will funnel them or funnel that will funnel to that call to action. I'm a big fan of doing that because it what it does is it really focuses you and you make sure that your points actually lead to what you want the people to do after the presentation. So it, it eliminates fluff. And then it also helps with your time management. I mean, at least for the, the presentations that I had to give, there's a time limit. And I often would go over it because <laughs> I had a whole lot in the presentation that perhaps didn't need to be there. So I'm also a big fan of practicing your presentations, but always leaving a little bit of buffer in the event that you say something during the presentation that you didn't practice. So for instance, if you have 15 minutes to present, practice so that you finish within 14 minutes so that you have a minute to play with. I love those. That's all incredible advice. So um, thank you for sharing that with us. And I know we could keep going on um, all of these different ways that people buy, but I think one of the big messages that I want everyone to catch from hearing Neil and from, from working with him is that there isn't one way to sell and you really have to study your audience to figure out what's going to work to reach them and be okay with the fact that this expert or this expert will tell you to do a certain thing and it may not be the right fit for your audience. Would you say that's one of the lessons that you've kind of picked out from, from this experience, Neil? Well, 100% after a few thousand dollars was spent, then yeah, you definitely, you damn right oh. picked up a lesson and that was, that, that was it. Just because, you know, what seller says to do it this way, doesn't mean that it, it will work for the potential, you know, the, the target audience that you have. And that's definitely something that all course creators or really anybody who sells anything should keep in mind. Love that. So if people want to find out more and get to get to know you, where should they go to? And, and do you have a freebie that you can share? Or like where, where should we go to get more? Sure. You can go to teachthegeek.com to learn more. And my freebie, you asked me about tips. 
Well, I have more tips. You can learn those tips at teachthegeek.com slash tips. Oh, awesome. Well, I thank you so much for working this in for us today. And I appreciate you giving a whole new take on the right way to find your audience and also mentioning the associations. I think that's an outlet that we don't pursue often enough. So I know I will be passing that along to my students that are on the more technical side of things. Uh, So thanks so much for being here, Neil. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Julie. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Neil talking about how he's connecting with his audience a little bit differently and be sure and mark your calendar for November 4th through the 6th for the 24 hour course creator intensive. I will put the link in the show notes at coursecreatorshq.com slash 117 and the link to Neil's freebie so that you can grab that. He's got some tips on public speaking. So slash 117. Thanks for listening. Hope this gave you an interesting idea to think about and consider for marketing your online course. And we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for following. Thanks for subscribing. Thanks for reviewing. I really appreciate it and have a terrific week.